what we're trying to do here and the way we design our AI is to keep the human in the loop. It's meant to augment the human um, processes, not replace them. So I think if you start with that, then, you know, fear of the most common fear you hear, and this was the same thing we heard in the 90s with uh, e-learning. Everybody said, oh, e-learning, you're going to replace all us, all the instructors. You're going to replace the professors. Has that happened? No, it's augmented the professors and the instructors. AI is doing the same thing with HR professionals. It's not there to replace you. It's there to augment you. Welcome, 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 everyone, to this very special episode of Talent Experience Live, the show that covers everything that you need to know in talent acquisition, recruiting, talent management, human resources, and everything in between. And today we are covering it all, I promise. I am your host, Devin Foster, and today is a special episode. Today we are looking back and surging ahead as we celebrate 150 episodes of Talent Experience Live, and quite frankly, of discovery and growth. It is something that I am super proud of being here since the first episode, even though I did miss a few episodes. There are so many people to thank, and I promise I will thank a few of them on the program today. But today's icebreaker question is a little bit of a trivia question. Do you know when the first episode of Talent Experience Live aired? Uh, I've been doing this for years. I did not know when the initial premiere date was. I had to look it up myself. So if you do, kudos to you. But I'm going to dive into a little bit more about what we're going to talk about today. So as a friend of mine, Tom Tate, once said, everyone loves a good clip show, uh, whether it's friends looking back on previous episodes, the whole nine. And that's what today is. It is a clip show where we're going to take things all the way back to the inception of Talent Experience Live and really reflect on what learnings we had, what guests we had on the program, and see how it's all still applicable today. Yes, things have changed since 2020. We were in the midst of a pandemic, which is why the show started. There's a hint for when the show was initiated. Uh, but we took a look back overall at the, the scope of where content was uh, in the midst of the pandemic. And we found ourselves realizing that webinars you know, were a huge ask for folks to, to input their email, their name, their address, the name of their firstborn child, everything in between it felt like you had to give in order to sign up for a webinar. But people still wanted content and we wanted it to be easily accessible to them. That's why we created Talent Experience Live, where we could have conversations with thought leaders, with industry experts, with quite frankly, the folks doing the day-to-day -day work and give them not only the insights that they need, but uncover challenges that they were faced with and really look towards solutions without having to sign up, putting it out on LinkedIn, putting it out on YouTube, clipping up the program, creating blogs around it and everything in between. And that's what we have done. So today we are going to go through some of our most popular clips that we have had. And I'm going to encourage you, the audience at home, to watch the full episode. A lot of it is still applicable, even though, and this is the icebreaker question, the trivia question, if you will, Phenom started, or excuse me, Talent Experience Live started on June 11th of 2020. So it has been over three years. Um, 
that was before I was even a father, before I was a dad. So crazy things have happened. Uh, and today we're going to share some of the other crazy things that have you know, been talked about on the show and, and some of the learnings that we had. And we are going to start with one of my favorite episodes. This is back from September 30th of 2021. So a little after a year after the show was created, if you will. Uh, and it's with Michelle Sargent. And a lot of times organizations are having internal discussions on EVP versus employment brand. And Michelle, in this clip, tells us that there is a difference and she explains how. But I'll let her explain it. Here's the clip. EVP is the promise you make as an employer to your employees and candidates in return for their commitment to work for you. It entails all the benefits and rewards and differentiations of the organization that they work for. Your employer brand, on the other hand, is, is the face of the company that you show the outside world, right? It's, it's the sum of all the things that differentiate you and the why. So in other words, the EVP is, is, is really why come work here? The employer brand is the how and what it takes to work there. And, and it's the outside, um, you know, front, right? So you asked me, what are my favorite brands? And my goodness, there are so many, there's, there's so many EVPs and so many brands that go through my brain. Um, I feel that, you know, an EVP or an employment brand that really um, resonates with me is culture. Um, I'm all about the culture and conveying that. And for me, Chewy does the most amazing job. Chewy has built their EVP and employment brand all around company culture. They do not call their team members team members. They call them a Chewtopian. Like it makes you want to be a Chewtopian. And I, I don't even I don't even know exactly what entails the characteristics, but I just want to be one. I want to be part of that tribe. You know, um, that to me is is really compelling. And I also like examples of someone like a Hershey's who, you know, you think Hershey's, you think chocolate, you get hungry, you want to have a glass of wine with your chocolate, but I love Hershey's EVP. You know, you haven't reached your full potential yet, neither have we. There's more to be made. There's so much legwork and so much that you can do with that. So if you can be creative with that messaging that really resonates with that candidate, um, I, I love the approach of those brands. It was an awesome clip from Michelle there. I love Chewy as well. And I also am a, am a sucker for chocolate. So uh, I can't argue with those two fantastic brands. But one thing that always comes up when we're talking about brands is and, and company culture as well is authenticity. I think all of us have been on a career site or, or seen some bit of content from organizations. We think, it really, it really can't be like that there. And in this next clip from June 1st of 2021, Eric Clemens talks about how important it is to be authentic throughout this process, but I will let him explain a bit more. The first objective was to update the site visually, just to make sure that, you know, we were taking full advantage of the new guidelines, uh, taking advantage, we actually just moved over to a new canvas. It was like, we got some new uh, widgets and some more creative flexibility. So like, let's really push the platform a little bit to see what we could do here. And again, you know, while we're in there, it's what can we do to refresh some of the content and then give us an opportunity to meet with different stakeholders, subject matter experts in the organizations. Like, look, here's what we have. You know, how can we really make this page pop, right? What stories can we share? What testimonials can we include? What videos can we include? And so yeah, just it was a nice, uh, fun exercise to go through. Uh, probably one that we should 
do every couple of years. What makes stories so great, right, or what makes a story great is that you can project yourself into that story, right? That's what keeps you hooked. That's what makes you want to go back, makes you want to keep reading or keep hearing through that story. That's what trying to do the same thing. You can't do that through stock photography. So if I can show uh, an image and instead of a, a realistic work preview through a video or testimonials or throwing the glass door widget onto the site, we want to be as authentic as possible. We want to uh, put our storytellers out there. I can, I personally can tell you how great of an organization it is from an employment branding perspective, or I can let the actual associates tell you. Um, and so any opportunity we have to uh, put associate stories out there, you know, real photography, putting testimonials, um, we will try to do that every single time. I, I loved what Eric had to say there, although I was a little bit distracted with the host of that one in particular. Definitely needed a haircut. Eric's hair looked fantastic talking about how to be authentic. The host needed a haircut. I think we can all agree on that. Um, luckily, I think he found someone with the skills to do it, which brings us to our next clip. Uh, over the past few weeks, we've been talking about workforce intelligence, skills ontology, and everything in between on this program and really across all things that we do here at Phenom. But it's not a new conversation for us. All the way back in June 21st of 2022, uh, I had the pleasure of chatting with Layla O'Kane, who talked about skill disruption in the workforce. And, and let's hear what she had to say. How, how can we understand uh, this concept of skill disruption? Yeah, so so the index is is just it's a on a scale from zero to one hundred, and one hundred is the job that's changed the most in the last five years, and zero is the least. And so, um, if I were explaining it to your third grader, I might say that um, you know they've been a student since they were in kindergarten; they're still a student, but their day looks really different now. You know, third grade is really different from kindergarten; they're doing different things, they have different activities, um, and it's the same in jobs, uh, even if people don't really realize it. Um, so. Uh, what we found just to sort of anchor us is at, at the one end of the spectrum on the zero end is a job like mystery shopper, which which sounds like a very obscure job, but but is still a job. And that hasn't changed at all in the last five years, pretty much. And, and then on the far end of the scale is um, I think it's like web developer or data engineer or something. So it's a very, very technical job, um, one that has changed a lot um, in the last five years in terms of the skills that it's needing. Jobs are continuing to change. We know this, especially over the past six to 12 months with the really resurgence and creation of artificial intelligence and generative AI. And we've talked about skills and how employees really need to hone in on their skills. And more importantly, organizations need to know what skills are encased within their employee base. But as we talk about all of this, one thing that can never be overlooked by companies is ensuring employee well-being, right? We we love to talk about growth, gigs, and we're going to talk about all of that on today's episode. But first and foremost, we really have to make sure that our employees are okay, that they are healthy, happy, and moving forward in their careers. And in this next clip from June 8th of 2021, uh, I spoke with Myra Ruiz Castro all about this. People now realize that work and life balance is not something that is unattainable, right? Or a nice to have, or some sort of privilege, right? I think what people have realized now is that it is 
feasible, right? For some, of course, it is feasible and there are alternatives to the way we were working before the pandemic, right? So organizations, many organizations, for many organizations, it, it was unthinkable to, to see uh, the majority of the workforce working from home, right? Uh, if they didn't see the employee in the office, that meant the employee wasn't being productive or wasn't commitment to her job or his job, but that, that needed to change. Right. And also for people, you know, they, they many people didn't just couldn't couldn't think of, of working differently. Right. So the, the, I have to go to the office nine to five or nine to nine p.m. You know, I have to work on weekends, et cetera, et cetera, was also taken for granted. And now people actually realize that there is other ways of living. Right. That, that feel a little bit more, you know, more balanced. Right. But also uh, more satisfying. Do, do you remember the days in, in 2021 where we were constantly debating uh, the difference between work from home and working in the office? And isn't it crazy to think we're still having those conversations? But what is most important and whatever works for your organization is that the employee's well-being is considered no matter what decisions are being put in place. Now, that brings me kind of to our, our next portion. When we talk about employees, it, it really starts with getting them in the door, right? They be their candidates and applicants far before they ever become long-term employees at your organization. And in this next clip from May 5th of 2021, I chatted with Jeff Scott about paying the bills, as we like to say on this program, specifically about ramping up your HR tech stack to meet demand. Uh, it is, as we all know, folks are always looking for jobs. So how do you have your technology meet those expectations of candidates. And Jeff explains more on this clip. So digitization is at the absolute forefront of everything that's going on at BMO in order to ensure that we have 200 plus more years to tag on to the 200 plus previous years. And, uh, you know, digital capabilities and digitization is the path to that because as you referenced for yourself, the expectations are changing rapidly in the customer base. And that's, and that can be absolutely applied and will be applied in the, in the talent acquisition space. And the way I look at our journey, arguably over the last uh, few years in the talent acquisition space, um, with taking the pandemic um, out of the equation, the focus of increased hiring, what that gives you is an unrelenting focus. Sure, businesses are holding you accountable. They've got high expectations, all that stuff, but it gives you a springboard of support. So in an, in an environment where things slow or, or, or they're, they're less focused on, on hiring, you, you have you know, more tendency most likely to get the, just keep the lights on, don't make mistakes, you know, don't innovate, et cetera. When there's a ton of pressure and a ton of focus, you, you get the, the benefit of the support, right? And, and in an organization like, like BMO, you know, the, the revenue generating businesses drive your investment opportunity when it comes to improving talent acquisition. I don't just get to write um, checks that have no, you know, funder at the other end, right? And so I just look at that, the pressure of the great rehire as only opportunity for us. Could you imagine how fun it would be if Jeff could write checks with no funder at the other end? He It would be like that, that old movie, uh, Blank Check, one of my favorites from back in the day. But I, I get off topic. Jeff really there is, is speaking about how our daily lives, we have expectations of technology. We have expectations of the way we consume media and everything in between. And that is transferable into our work lives. We expect it to be as easy to purchase 
something on amazon.com, it should be equally as easy to apply for a job. I still see the memes out there where it is, upload your resume, now fill out all that information again. Why are we still talking about this? We shouldn't be. Your digitization should be a top priority. Your HR tech spec should meet the expectations of candidates. And as we talk about a lot of these consumer expectations uh, transferring into the candidate experience, the same can be said for, for marketing expectations. There has been a lot of buzz in the marketing world around user-generated content for you know, things like TikToks and TikTok shop and, you know, YouTube and everything along those lines where all of these organizations want influencers to create user-generated content. I'm going to tell you, we here at Talent Experience Live, we're talking about user-generated content all the way back in July of 2021, specifically with Andrew Renshin. And he talked about how user-generated content can save talent acquisition teams a ton of time money and really stress, but I'll let him explain a little bit more. In the past, it would take maybe two, three, four weeks to get the, the content back. Um, nowadays, you know, you send this link out with your guidelines for what you want them to talk about and you're getting that back in one, two, three days even. And absolutely, you know, as part of them being in a comfortable environment where they can make sure, you know, they have the right take um, when they submit it you definitely get more you know, natural and engaging content. It is so much easier to, to film things when you can film it by yourself. I know that firsthand because I am always stressed before I hop onto this show to do things live. So getting that content from your employees, from your managers, from your hiring managers, from your leadership team in an area where they are comfortable can be used in a plethora of ways. And that's what Andrew is talking about there. One of those ways was through campaigns uh, that are both direct and relevant. And I spoke with Fraser Donnell all the way back in February 24th of 2021 about the effectiveness of campaigns and how to personalize them. But we'll let we'll share this clip from Fraser to, to, to show you a little bit more. Recruiting is marketing now. And you know the way that we go about uh, in a lot of our campaigns is taking a full-on marketing approach to it. The the kind of talent that we're looking for, and I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this, you know, maybe in the same boat, depending on what their industry is, really staying away from the generalization part and really being a lot more more direct and more relevant to to that specific uh, talent group. And then from there, you know, using the 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 more sort of uh, specialized or one-on-one uh, campaigns to them. Part of it was was Timing part of it was, um, you know, just making sure that we were we were targeting the right audience with the right message. I, I think targeting is huge. Um, everything in all of aspects of life now are personalized. Uh, when it comes to the news that we get in the morning, the content that we consume on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, everything is personal to us, uh, and it gives us a sense of belonging. Quite frankly, but belonging oftentimes in human resources, isn't associated with personalization. Belonging is about an employee and an individual at an organization. And I spoke with Christina Cole back on March 9th of 2022 about how belonging fits into diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Do you remember those discussions where we were talking about D&I and then it was DE&I? Belonging is an aspect that 
we included in this episode with Christina. And I think she makes a valid, a very valid point and good case for the reason why everyone should include belonging when they're talking about diversity. But let's hear from her. So belonging is really this idea that we're going to create an equitable culture, one that isn't a single dominant culture, one that supports the needs of a variety of individuals, whatever they may be, and that you truly are welcome to bring your true self to work and that your needs and requirements will be addressed, that benefits will be adapted, that work structures will be adapted, that you can really show up, bring your best self, do your best job, and we want to support you as an organization. I just want to take a quick moment moment for some of the folks who, who may be tuning in right now. We are celebrating 150 episodes of Talent Experience Live. We're going through some of our top clips over the past three years about them uh, and how they still are relevant and resonate today. I see Jennifer Thomas chimes in in the comment section and says, nobody wants content that doesn't apply to them. I can't agree more, uh, Jen. That is why I am so excited about the NFL season because everyone seems to continue to talk about the New York Jets, which I talk about a lot on this program, but I promise not to do any more today. Uh, the Most of the clips that we have aired over the past few you know, minutes, 15 or, or so, have been two, three years ago, and they resonate today. But one that I want to highlight next is the future. I, I had a conversation with Kevin Blinko back on January 20th of the year 2023, and we talked about video assessments, which we've talked about for years on this program. After this one, I'm going to show you a clip from 2020. But Kevin, in this clip, talks about how it has evolved over the years and how it will continue to evolve, and it needs to be a part of your HR tech stack in the future. But don't take it from here. Let's hear from Kevin. Uh, video assessments is something that we've had for a while. Sebastian's been on. We've been talking about it for a while. Um, we do have some new features that are exciting. Um, hiring managers can introduce uh, the assessment through video, uh, recorded video of themselves. They can introduce questions through uh, recorded videos of themselves. Um, as I mentioned, we have more expansive options for screening. So there's uh, written questions and multiple choice. Um, we have hiring status integration with our ATS, um, new languages, uh, revamp mobile app. Um, so there's a lot of cool things. And like at this point, sorry to keep going, but no, uh, keep going, keep going. We've conducted uh, over 150,000 assessments at this point. So there's a lot of lessons we've learned just in terms of the use cases and how it can help companies. 150,000 assessments on our 150th episodes. Who would have thought it, it, it's probably even more at this. Actually, it's 100% even more. Um, two things about that clip. Number one, we need to have Kevin back on the show. I see all of the musical instruments in his background. I want him to play us a little tune, maybe come up with a talent experience live jingle. The other thing, which is a more serious note, is he said Sebastian has been on the program, and Sebastian was on the program. Uh, Sebastian Newhauer was on April 30th of 2020, and he talks about the, or excuse me, 2021. That wouldn't make sense. We started June 11th of 2020. So 2021, he talks about the value of video in the application progress, which is something we just had a webinar on last month. So this conversation around video is continuing today. It's something that you have to pay attention to if you are in this industry. But let's hear a little bit more from Sebastian all the way back in 2021. 
it just adds another layer of personality. Um, so if you look at a cover letter and what you just mentioned that you you oversync your text uh, even to your mom, and that's the same stuff that happens to cover letters. So if you if you apply and you write a cover letter, you you share it with your family, you share it with your friends, and there are even companies that help you creating so, uh, a cover letter and charge you probably a hundred bucks for that. And um, with with the video, it's it just get far more personal, personal. The recruiter on the other side, they also see the person behind it. There's no real, like possibility to fake it. And the impression that you would normally get uh, as part of an on-site interview, that's what you immediately get when someone applies for a video. And that's also a big benefit for the candidate because you are not like one of one of 100 documents that are just on the table or in the email mailbox. Um, but you are the person you, you really am and you can like really shine with motivation, with qualification and your personal personal fit with the company. Applying via video just gives both parties, the candidates as well as the recruiter, so much more information to, to really yeah, be fast in the process and to, to get a good understanding of each other that it's really helpful for, for a lot of positions, not for everyone, uh, not for all the uh, positions, but definitely for, for a majority of them. The title of that episode was Video Killed the Cover Letter. And I think it's safe to say, I, I had Cliff Jerkowitz on a, a few months back at this point talking about generative AI. I think the cover letter is dead. He said if somebody was to you know, ask for a cover letter on an application process, they're probably not going to fill it out. So we did a little bit of fortune telling there. And I think video is continuing to take over, even though organizations are hesitant of it. One thing that organizations were hesitant of back in the day, and I think it has really taken on a life of its own was was gigs. Uh, and we had Renee Rabadou talk a lot about gigs uh, and the implementation of them and what the goals are of them. Because when you think of gigs in the gig economy, you think of you know, kind of uh, side hustles, right? Uh, the Uber Eats, the driving Uber, the DoorDash, whatever it may be. But it's also applicable into organizations. I've worked with a few folks here at Phenom on gigs, whether it be creating presentations, creating videos, anything in between. And Renee talks a bit more about really the goals behind that and how it's not just to make individuals feel good, but it works towards the skills that we are continuing to talk about on a regular basis here. Let's hear from Renee. So I think for us, uh, short term, we're looking for ways to be agile. How can we quickly move talent? Uh, but really long term, we would like gigs to be a way for the employees to gain exposure to other areas of the company, give them opportunity to develop their skills, um, support the company on different uh, project aspects. And a lot of our employees have um, a great ability to make unique contributions to the company. So how can we expand that for them? But also it gives managers a chance to learn about other employees, other talent across the organization and get a get time to spend with that talent because they may be interested in moving or working in other parts of the business. So I think it could be beneficial for both our employees as well as our um, business segments and management team. Absolutely beneficial for both parties. Another thing that is beneficial for both parties is artificial intelligence. We lead every episode with it. We talk about how Phenom is powered by AI and machine learning. In fact, we even mentioned that it is super slick. Um, a lot of people say, what does super slick mean? I don't know. Uh, but that brings us into our next clip, which is some common misconceptions around artificial intelligence. I was joined by Sean O'Donnell all the way back on October 12th of 2021. 
and he cleared up some of the common misconceptions about artificial intelligence that I think we are going to have to do again. And I know the exact time and place to do it. It's September 14th. This coming year where AI Day is going to be happening uh, here at Phenom, but also live streamed and you will not want to miss it. You can register for it at phenom.com. Sean, I believe we'll be there and we'll be presenting, uh, but don't take it from me. Let's learn about some of the common misconceptions back in 2021 and see if they're still applicable today. Here's Sean. Our ecosystem is pretty large and there's a lot of facets and AI is just one of them. Although this facet runs throughout our platform, most of the time it's operating in the background. But there are a few things that happen in the foreground where you can interact with it that uh, many recruiters a, don't know is there. So let's hope that they find out from this broadcast that it's there and that when you do interact with it, it takes it from a baseline level to a hyper-personalized level. And um, ultimately, it's going to save you time. Uh, I, and it, it, you may not see that immediately uh, if you don't have the right perspective. So, for example, something like matching criteria it takes literally five minutes to set up. And then it's off and running and finding you candidates. If I brought you just one candidate that you didn't find on your own through AI, there's your five minutes back. But it's not going to bring you five. It's going to bring you 10, 20, 30 based on the job. What we're trying to do here and the way we design our AI is to keep the human in the loop. Uh, it's meant to augment the human um, processes, not replace them. So I think if you start with that, then, um, you know, fear of the most common fear you hear. And this was the same thing we heard in the 90s with uh, e-learning, uh, right? Everybody said, oh, e-learning, you're gonna replace all us, all the instructors. You're gonna replace the professors. Has that happened? No, it's augmented the professors and the instructors. AI is doing the same thing with HR professionals. It's not there to replace you, it's there to augment you. So, so funny that we had that conversation all the way back in 2021, fast forward to 2023, and AI is gonna take all of our jobs. Uh, as Sean pointed out there, that is a huge misconception. Uh, humans are going to work side by side with artificial intelligence, just like uh, humans have worked side by side with ATM machines or Mac machines, as they're called in the Philadelphia area, just like humans and you know technology have worked side by side in e-learning, as Sean mentioned there. And now humans and generative AI are going to continue to work side by side from here into the future. But don't take it from me. Sign up for AI Day, September 14th. I promise that was the final plug. Just had to had to pay the bills one last time. Uh, that was our last clip. I could go on for another hour, two hours of fantastic clips of this show. We've had so many, so many people partake in Talent Experience Live, and I couldn't have done it without you. I'm looking at the clips, and I'm seeing the old setups being in home, having webcams instead of the setup that we have here today. And I want to thank everyone who was involved, the videographers who helped put this on, the hosts who stepped in for me when I couldn't be available, like for the birth of my, my first child. It was on a Thursday, and I was scheduled to host Talent Experience Live that day. So thank you to everyone for stepping up. But a very, very special thank you to all of the guests who take time out of their busy days to chat with me, educate me and our audience on all things human resources, all things talent acquisition, 
all things talent management and recruiting because the only way that we can truly learn is by sharing information, is by offering tips and tricks, by saying, hey, I have that same challenge. How did you overcome that? And that's truly the goal of this show. It's not to promote or sell phenom. We want to help the end users, the, the folks who are working every single day to help a billion people find the right job. And I want to just say that at, at the end of the day, but thank you to every single person involved in the show. It has evolved more than I could ever possibly imagine. It has given me a new purpose at work and I absolutely love it. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't change anything. It's helped me realize that I have found the right job. But neither here nor there, that does it for 150 episodes. Here's to 150 more, uh, which would put us at 300. So that would surpass shows like Friends, shows like Modern Family, shows like other things. So I look forward to the next 150 episodes of Talent Experience Live starting next week where we are going to talk a bit about the curriculums and learnings with Hannah Gregory. So you won't want to miss that episode. If you do, don't forget to catch out the check the replay on YouTube. You can always listen to this show on Spotify and Apple Music or on LinkedIn, which I know is where our primary audience is. We always do the blog recaps where we pulled those specific clips from. So don't be afraid to hop back in there and look at some of the older episodes. And I know we are about to, to launch and revamp some new ways to discover and find talent experience live episodes. So I can't wait to announce that with you all in the coming weeks. But in the meantime, uh, as always, I hope everyone has a safe and a happy Thursday. Thank you for joining me the past you know, 150 episodes-ish because I know that I did miss a few there uh, and I look forward to the next 150 with everyone else. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you soon. Stay safe. Have a great weekend. Talent Experience Live, of course, is proudly brought to you by the good folks here at Phenom, whose purpose is to help a billion people find the right job. Our intelligent talent experience platform, which helps candidates find the right roles faster, employees evolve in their current roles and beyond, recruiters achieve some next level productivity, and managers build better teams with data and analytics. And of course, all of this is powered by super slick artificial intelligence and machine learning. So head on over to phenom.com to learn more. While you're there, 